Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the JR Show podcast. I don't know. Is that going to become a thing? Like, that's my thing. At the beginning of the podcast, I always say, yo, yo, yo. Maybe it's not good. All right, we have a very special guest today. He's actually become not just an associate that I see for work. He's actually a guy that's been a, a big part of my life privately. And that is Chad and Ariel from Unspoken. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please welcome one of our favorites here at the JR Show, Unspoken. Thank you so much, JR. We really appreciate it. We're going to go to a break and we'll be right back. Uh, no, Chad and Ariel, how are we? Good to, well. good to have you. Ariel. Special. <laughs> you are special. We have we got a lot to get to today because um uh Ariel, we we nearly lost you, buddy. And so it's great to have you sitting here. Uh got pretty pretty intense with COVID. We're gonna talk about that in just a couple of minutes. Um but also we've got new unspoken to talk about. Uh a new song you guys uh, have just come out with mm-hmm. and uh we're very excited about it but first things first let's talk green screen the green screen behind us all the artists get to choose the background so you guys have looked through the list of potential backgrounds from the pyramids in egypt to underwater i threw jail on there because i thought it would be interesting for a christian artist to do the interview from jail but nobody's bit on that yet uh what have you guys decided to go with what's the background well the first i didn't read the list i just the first thing that stuck out was on the bottom uh, and it was the gas station, and I thought, you know what, this fits us perfect. So unspoken. Here how we go. many gas stations have we been to? How many? How much of that food have we eaten? How many parking lots have we slept in? It fits. Okay, let's go there. All right, there we go. What do you think? Nice. Hey, you, you want to go in for some ho hos? <laughs> no, I want to go get a big gulp. <laughs> Yeah, what's a uh, whoopie pie that you get in every station? Red hot dogs in Maine. Yes, that's all. That's Maine. a whoopie pie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like this big. It's like chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. Cream in the middle. Why do they call it whoopie pie? I have no idea. But I, I don't, I don't even think we're allowed to talk about why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Spanish and English, not everything translates. Yeah. So it's okay. All I know is I see. Oh, by the way, the first segment on. Um, with all these interviews, this go around, the first segment is whatever you guys want to talk about. So we can talk about whoopie pies. We can talk about the food that comes off those rollers in the gas station that looks so good until you've eaten them. I and ate then, one the other day. Yeah. What I are those ate called? One of those, I don't know. They have like those ta- Takis, tacos. Taquitos? Taquitos. It's like a taquito. Ugh. But I ate the other day, went into the gas station in Nashville probably four days ago, and I had one of those cheddar sausage dogs Mm. and i took it right off the grill with my bare hands oh good no tongs yeah no tongs i just took (laughs) it off and then i literally the lady was like hungry huh because i like squirted some ketchup (laughs) into a cup and i was just dipping it in eating it while i was paying and uh so you know i still occasionally like the rollers chad i like that you know who you are you know it's like not only do i not use tongs but i'm gonna eat it while i pay I love that about my you. My hands are all greasy. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling out the cash, sticking to it. I was like, here, take that. I'm just surprised. Ariel, you're from uh, Puerto Rico, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So is it okay that he's doing a, sort of a Mexi- Mexican dish with ketchup? I, uh, well, I'm not Mexican. I'm Puerto Rican. I, I mean a Hispanic. I, well, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. You've crossed maybe. the line. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. It always happens. We go to uh, these places. 
and uh, to do shows. And, and then the green room, the lady comes in in the room and say, she, she sees me and say, we have the best Mexican <laughs> restaurant in town. Because every like, town has a Mexican restaurant. Right. You know? like, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. They're trying to do something nice for you. I, and I appreciate it. It's yeah. just, you know, one thing this brings up to me is that in our culture today, I feel like um, we are trying to squash the individualities of, you know, uh, neighborhoods, for instance. Like, you know, back in the day, you grew up in like an Italian neighborhood or a African-American, Jewish. yeah, whatever. And there was rich culture there. And so I understand and get the fact that like, you know, we want to blend these things, but we also have to take pride and, and joy in the differences that we have. So yeah. whether it's Puerto Rican and Mexico, right? Yeah. Those are two different places that have two different cultures that are beautiful and to be celebrated. So yeah. I, I just don't want to see us lose this individuality, like this um, part of who we are so that everybody can feel oh, yeah. A part of everything. That's you know? true, Ariel. I wish I could have taken you to where I grew up, so you could appreciate the fact that we would take sloppy joes, and my mother would make sloppy joes. Then she'd take spam from a can and fry it. Wait, did you grow up in a trailer park? Uh, pretty much. Bro, this is outside of Seattle. And we were proud I grew of up eating that back in the days. So there's no money. I yeah. remember my mother making spam ham eggs. I mean, yeah. spam with rice white rice yeah and eggs right delicious. yeah it does. today i'm craving for that my <laughs> wife would probably would slap me if i, asked for that. Well, I grew up i was the only white boy in my neighborhood it was all islands so it was guam philippines vietnamese uh japanese chinese and so i'm the white kid that had to take off my shoes every house i went into but they were all doing spam and eggs yeah. with rice and then I'd go home, and my mother, it was pizza, burgers, fries. It was very, like you probably had in Maine, it was mm-hmm. very Americanese. Mm-hmm. And then you go to these other cultures, it's like, ah, oh, we are at the back end totally. of the culinary world. 100%. <laughs> but you, my you know, favorite places up. to eat are all these, I love American food, but there's yeah. something about whether it's, you know, us being on the road. Of course, we traveled in, in the Northeast for years, and we're, we went to, one of the things I love about Unspoken is that we're, from different places, different cultures, and then that we've been able to share that with each other over the last 18 years. Yeah. And um, and so, but we used to play so many churches, like the Filipino churches, black, Spanish, white, you know, uh, Chinese. I mean, we Mexican, we do all these different churches, and they'd all have this different food, this different vibe, this different way of, ho- of being hospitable. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful, and I just love all of that. It's like a glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Hundred percent. Except with the exception that I think in heaven is going to be served uh, uh, rice and beans yeah. straight up. <laughs> Probably spam too. Uh, oh gosh, what it was uh, paella with paella? Oh, that's paella. Uh, from Spain. Love it. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was pork. Pork. Where you put green olives in the rice? Mm-hmm. The olives are in rice. No, that's yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a with, mm-hmm. which is like a uh, chick. I make that. I got the recipe from his wife and made it at my house. Oh wow. So now we're cultured at my house. There you too. go. <laughs> I, we went. We have been in crazy places that I said, dude, like nobody want to go eat there, but you see all the workers going into that place. Yeah. They said, no, that, that's the way to go to eat. Yeah. So we go and they see these guys ordering Spanish, which is hilarious. You yeah. Know? I don't know if you get a. 
the spirit comes over us and all of a sudden we have the tongues to speak in other languages and order the Spanish food, which is why we're at this gas station. You know? Right. Yeah. It might be a sketchy gas station, but inside, I remember stopping in Louisiana somewhere and getting this like uh, um, blood sausage. It was so terrible, but I was going to, and pig's feet. Like I'd never had either yeah. one of those. Have you ever had pig's feet? No. They're so um, chewy. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what kind of candy that it's like when you no, no. close your mouth. No. Charleston you, Chew? Not quite. <laughs> I just had those la la last night. Yeah. Yo, you I have the whole crew gagging here. I know. <laughs> but anyway, it's worth a try. I yeah. Step out. Try things you haven't tried before. All right. Let's go. Let's actually go into the new song right here. First of all, for our audience, maybe that's as old as I am at, at 44 that grew up in a world where it was albums and records. So, okay, when a band gets 10 songs or more together that's time for a record it's a new world so how are you guys doing it now is it eps or is it when a song comes out it's you just release it you don't wait around um because the way when we signed our record deal uh we had one song that was great and it was the first song that we that was was on the radio called who you are mm -hmm. and so our record label said all right we'll sign you to a singles deal which means that like we'll decide um, you know, what we're going to put money into and what we're going to promote based on what songs you turn in. Um, and so it wasn't a full album. So we did an EP and then we decided to do another EP. And then we basically added songs from those two EPs plus some more to release the first full length unspoken album, which happened to be like five or six songs that had been on the radio because it had been right. basically two EPs and a full length record. And ever since then, we have kind of released like an EP at first and then um, when and a single to the radio. And when that single is kind of on its way out, we release a new single with the full record. So okay. I don't know if we have enough songs to release an EP. I'm, I'm thinking because of the way that music is consumed now, um, we'll probably wait for the, you know, right. maybe the fall and release okay. um, the rest of it. So the whole thing isn't even done yet. Yeah. Um, but it does make it fun in the process of creating that, you know, um, that we can kind of just keep choosing songs as right. we gives us longer to write them and all that. kind of Well, stuff. um, walk our audience up this new one. What is, uh, what's this, this new one we're sharing with everybody? This today? new one is happy. There's going to be nothing that sounds like it on the radio. It's got a, like a, its own vibe. Um, I mean, it's not so far but it's, it's kind of a grungy guitar, which we haven't really heard from Unspoken. It's real happy. The name of the song is Everything We Need. And so it's a fun song, um, which, you know, we have seemed to have a lot of success with our fun songs. Um, but it's a fun song, but it also has a message. And so I think the, the hard thing with these upbeat, fun songs is to how do they say something? Because those mid-tempo and ballad songs are super easy to pour out your heart, and and it's really hard to do that up-tempo. Um, but and as an air personality, can I just say um, I think Unspoken and Goki, or you guys are the the two on our playlist because you're exactly right. It's so easy to talk about the richness of God in a ballad song, but to give the audience something that they can tap their feet to is a little harder to put some meat in and you guys have done well at that over the years i think you guys and, and goki to put dancey vibe but still say something yeah 
Um, it's definitely harder. A song can turn cheesy so quick yeah. with a upbeat, and then you try to throw in like all this God stuff, you know? Right. Um, so again, you know, for us, it, it's relevant to the times. The song is relevant to the times that we're living in. That you know, love is always the thing that wins out. And what does that look like for us as believers as we first love each other and second love, you know, the lost and the the ones around us? So it's cool. Um, We're excited about it. People are excited about it. And the video that we're shooting is going to be hilariously awesome. Okay. And so we did, my daughter starred in this video that we did for Reason. Yeah. And it was hilarious and awesome and meaningful. And we're right in that same vein. Um, And we're going to make this video um, just... And we'll share it. We'll share it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just going to be great. People people will love it. And Okay. We need to touch on something. Uh, Unspoken made news in our world, not for music recently. Ariel was about with, with COVID. Can you just tell our audience, like we, our staff was praying for you. And it's like, it got, this isn't somebody's sick. This is because we all kind of maybe know somebody who's passed away from COVID, you know, some it's closer than others. Others it's, oh, my friend's friend passed away. But, you know, how long were you in the hospital and how scary did things get for you personally? I was there for uh, close to three weeks and uh, it was, yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah. It was extremely bad. And the closest, like what, because you're, you know, you've gotten perspective now mm-hmm. that a lot of us thank the Lord maybe have never gotten of being realizing, okay, I could, this could be it for me. Mm-hmm. Did anything happen in those moments that, that like tattooed itself to you, um, experience wise, maybe spiritually, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when it's, it's a moment of desperation that you always preach. I always try to testify everybody in desperation. Uh, you claim to God and so, so, but when you are the one into it, 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 it feels different. Yeah. You know? And uh, being in that situation when y- your hopes are limited, your 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 time is like it's, it's like, like somebody's measuring your time. They say we got to do this. If not, then this might happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's the worst. Nobody wants that. But then you you it's 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 a weird state of mind, man. That, yeah. Uh, I cut it like a flat line. Tell everybody that you hit you hit a point. It's like a flat line, like. You're so worried, so scared. I've never been scared of anything in my life. And for the first time, I got so scared yeah. of everything. Like, you know, when, when somebody just drop a, you know, draw a line and you say, man, if we don't do this, then, you know, your chances are. Yeah. But then at the last, the last moment, you know, I, I just prayed the same prayer that I did before my father passed away. It's just, I just want peace. Because when my father was passed away, he was, you know, he was, he was the man, and I talked to that man every day. So when he, uh, so I asked God for peace because I didn't have peace. I was overwhelmed. Mm. So with peace, I couldn't make the right decision for my family, you know, and everything. They can, I can, I can manage things and make, you know, be helpful for my family. Mm. So the only thing I thought was that man, just. Praying God for peace, not even healing. I, 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 it's kind of weird, but I don't, yeah. I don't ask for God heal me because I know a lot of people was praying for healing. You know, my friends, my family, everybody. I just need peace because at that moment, I just need peace. Yeah. Because in peace, well, if it was God will, because 
you know, people that I love that I were better Christian than I, than me, than I, I thought. Yeah. They died with the same issues that I, I was in. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I thought it was not fair. So, heal me, heal me. You know, I said, yeah. just give me peace. You know, I think with peace, I, if I if I don't make it, at least I'm in peace. You know, you take care of my family, my friends, and yeah. it is what it is, you know. Yeah. But, uh it was that moment, probably 3.30 in the morning, I asked for peace, and I got my peace. I pass out. God gave me, like, uh, something. I did. I got, I pass out. I pass out on the chair, because, like, when the doctor came and said, we probably have to intubate you, we probably have to call your wife, yeah. this doesn't get better. So I jump off the bed, and I was very, very angry. Yeah. Agitated, you know. It's, it was because I was scared. Yeah. You say, if you're going to intubate me, you're going to do it sitting down in that chair. Right. So when did things take a, I didn't actually hear the, you're sitting here in front of me today. And then the last thing I heard, I saw pictures outside of the hospital, people praying for you. Yeah. But then I didn't hear how your body just took a turn for the better or how did it, how, you know, when did everything get better? Well, everything get right after that day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I was, uh, I got in the hospital on the 15th, right? The Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, August 15th, and then that Wednesday, that's when I got the worst, which is the day that Chad spent the whole day with me in the hospital. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that day, and that Wednesday to, uh, to Thursday, that morning, 3.30 in the morning, that's when everything went to worse. And then I just got tired, and when I wake up in the morning, then my numbers were going up. My oxygen level was coming up again. Mm. And, uh, and here you are. Dude. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. It's great to have you. Thank you. <laughs> great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, this, uh, this is a fun one for me. Um, my father worked in a grocery store my whole life. Hated it. 40 years taking a cart up and down the aisles, changing the prices. That was his job for 40 years, which doesn't sound like there would be perks for a kid. But when he would close the store down, I got to run the aisles as a little boy, just sprinting down the aisles. It was my own playground. Um, so for you guys, if you can maybe pick one parent, what was a perk of one of your parents' jobs growing up? Odd things like Mike Weaver, Big Daddy Weave, his parents worked at some Alabama government office but it was across the street from an Arby's and that's the day he learned about the sausage biscuit. So it doesn't have to be like a story tied to something with your parents' job that not everybody got to enjoy, but you did. My dad was a, he's a civil engineer. So he worked for the federal government on highways and bridges, right? And he spent some time in Puerto Rico um, doing work for the government as well. And then when I was six, um, he quit his job. I think he was what, 36, maybe 36 years old. He had worked for 18 years, um, almost 18 years for the federal government, gave up his retirement, didn't make it to 20. And we moved from Albany, New York to Blue Hill, Maine. And, uh, so he started working for the state of Maine and this is way longer story than it needs to be. But I would go to work with him because they would have um, bring your kid to work day. But my dad was always in the field, so he would go out. And his job was, at one point, was to you know kind of monitor how fast people were going and then figure out 
should I raise this speed limit or not? Yeah. That was one thing, you know, among many other things. And so we had um, one of those guns. Radar guns. Yeah, radar guns. You check your fastball. No, I, but I checked how fast I could run. So that the one thing that sticks out in my mind is, you know, um, my dad shooting my, you know, how fast I was running. I think it was maybe around 20 miles an hour or something yeah. like that. Um, you were doing 40 times before people in the NFL were timing, like your totally. old school time yeah, clock. Totally. Okay. With the gun. So that was one thing. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, the, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. That's okay. It was an office job. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> well, my father. Oh. Enough with your father. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> enough with your father. <laughs> oh, my father was a pastor, so he traveled the world preaching. Okay. Uh, I, you know, at that age, I didn't care much about the, you know, being in church for three, four hours, sitting in a bank. Yeah. But the traveling, yeah, fascinated me. Not like, and he traveled the world, so yeah, that what I would love to do, you know. Like evangel, like going into a village. Not just going to travel the world. Okay. He you went with him a bunch. Huh? Did you go some, with him at all? Yeah. Some. Yeah. But uh, it was always fun, you know, being in a different country. Yeah. I, I love it. Gosh, yeah. That would be killer. So nothing funny like a sausage biscuit, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten some crazy, like um, a lot of PKs. Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's where a lot of people claim to be good musicians is they had access to all the church's instruments. Like they think the Kane guys developed their chops because they were always alone on stage with those instruments mm-hmm. that they could play around with. Um, others didn't play with the instruments. They loved vacuuming the church, like just because it was fun as a kid to run the vacuum up and down the aisles. My son does not think it's fun to vacuum at all. <laughs> That's his main chore at 14, vacuum. That's one of the easy ones, though. That's what I keep telling him. Yeah, like dishes is horrible. I'm like, I can't say it because it's too inappropriate, but still. Um, I was like, this isn't a hard day's work, all right, bud? This is 20 minutes of vacuuming in an air-conditioned house. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Uh, have you hit, Mark, 15 years? I'll be 19 in February. I think every time we do an interview, I keep staying at about 14. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to be 15 now. Well, I used to start our every show. At some point in the show, I would say, today's been six years, four months, and three days that I've been sober. Because I was so excited. I remember um, my first the my first sobriety date, like my that first year, I was playing at Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh with uh, Michael and I. And uh, we were leading a worship service and whatever. And, uh, and I remember like standing there and like we're singing and worshiping and whatever and realizing, oh my God, today's February 4th. A year ago, I was an addict and it just, it blew me away, yeah. right? That, you know, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any success, but I was clean. I was walking with the Lord. I was doing something I never thought I would be. And so um, I remember that. And so ever since that moment, I, for about, I don't know, I want to say eight years or so, I would be like, today's been right. seven, until I just started absolutely botching the numbers. <laughs> right. Like someone said, I thought it was nine years last year that you were here. And yeah. I was like, I... So are you botching it right now with me? Right now, <laughs> I have been sober since February 4th, 2003. Okay. So I want to say it's 19 years this February. Yeah. Gosh. Well, my que- my question, because we believe it or not, a lot of people maybe that are listening to this are in church and they think all believers are clean. They don't have no problems, no dirt under their fingernails. But there's a lot of addicts 
no matter what you consider addiction, you know, whether it's something on a computer or it's chemicals, there's a lot of them listening that are Christ followers that struggle, um, people in our own building. And um, so I guess my question would be, what in 19 years have you learned maybe that's different from those first early years? Now that it's routine and that number is starting to get towards 20, is there something with something that's a long time ago now? I know. And congratulations. Yeah. But it's like, what have you learned maintaining wise that you still have to stay with that you could encourage people that struggle with addiction? I think, you know, one of the main things I remember when I first got sober, all of my friends were 50 year old men mm. and I'm now I'm the 50 year old man, you know, and not quite, but yeah. he, he is. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, yeah, not at all. It's the new 20. But I remember like, you know, having to make these decisions about who I was going to hang out with, you know, and then trusting God to, you know, bring me people um, that shared the same interests that were the same age and yeah. all of that stuff. And so sometimes when you get sober, you don't, you don't have any uh, community that you used to have. Mm. Um, but that, that comes and that there is a lot of wisdom and joy and, uh, rich, um, uh, fellowship and community with people who you never thought Mm. would be. So I think one of the things that's followed me has been, um, Proverbs says, and so does the New Testament, maybe in one of the Corinthians, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Mm. So, um, you know, to, to, we need that community. Like we just battled through, uh, you know, some pretty, um, heavy, uh, mental health issues in our, in our family, anxiety and all that stemming from way back in the day. And if I hadn't, if we hadn't had our friends, and our people that we um, shared our lives with and were transparent with and all of that, I, I don't see how we would have made it. Mm. Um, so, again, the importance of, you know, a community of people that, that you can be real with. Which is why AA and recovery is so important because misery loves company. And when, when whatever the addiction is, a lot of times you develop a very close-knit family with the other addicts. And the same, I think, is true. The times I got myself in trouble with addiction was when I would isolate. Right. Because I don't want anybody in my ear telling me. And so I agree with what you're saying with um, God does out of nowhere bring people. I mean, I can tell miracle stories of people who were brought to me that I didn't even see coming that would call me out of nowhere. And then inside you're like, God truly does care about me not being alone in this moment because mm-hmm. people come out of nowhere phone calls texts of people checking on me and you know i've been for some reason you're coming to my mind tonight and i'm like you have no clue how right on time that is mm-hmm. and so something about sheep being alone getting picked off by wolves is dead on yeah so i think that's good yeah it's really good and i will say what was one other thing um you know, I think what, the reason that, that the community of people is important is because um, if we're not, um, you know, the Bible says that First uh, John, that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God forgives, right? When we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. But then the book of James, I think it's James, says, you know, confess your sins one to another, and you'll be healed. Mm-hmm. So there's a forgiveness that happens between God and me 
as I bring this stuff to the light and I confess it to him. But then there's a healing that comes because I feel like it's because of the humility that it takes. You know, God opposes the proud, but brings grace to the humble. Three times in the Bible it says that. Um, and so, it you know, that God is, is using this humility uh, in us being transparent and laying our stuff out there that actually brings us healing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all really powerful stuff. So I would say... I couldn't tell you anything that that I felt was like way different. Uh, I feel like it's a different lifetime ago. Mm. However, I really do feel like in my heart, I celebrate my sobriety date more than my birthday, right. 100%, because it's that's how much life that, that was brought to me mm-hmm. in the same way as my birth, but I don't remember it. This, yeah. is my, this was truly my spiritual birth being born again. Um, because my sobriety and that came at the same time. That's awesome. But yeah. Cool. Last thing I always, cause it's so unique on our playlist to have two of our core artists living in across the street from each other. So, um, what, what, where, how often is your buddy Darren from we are messengers? How often is he home? Um, cause I know around Christmas time, uh, Darren and his family head back to Ireland. So is his house just a band? Like, how does that work? You don't see him anymore for a couple months till he comes back. For I had no idea who was gone this time. Oh, really? Uh, my wife told me. And my son and his son used to be super close, and so they would hang out all the time. But yeah. my son is now a freshman. His son is maybe seventh grade, and so it's a little bit um, uh, different interests and stuff like that. So yeah. I haven't seen him as much, and he's been touring a ton, and we've been... Not at all yeah. doing some other things, um, which has been fantastic. But uh, so uh, the other day I was like, wow, their car hasn't moved in a while, Katie. And she was like, yeah, they're in Ireland. And, and he had told me because I went over to his house the other day because I saw um, while he was there, he was in his garage. And I had seen that he his song had hit number one and uh, yeah. he hadn't gotten a number one. Come what may. Come what may, yeah. yeah. And so I went over just to say, hey, man, you know, congratulations, how exciting this is. You've been working for something and it's fun to have it come. And so we talked for a little bit and he mentioned he was going back to Ireland for uh, two months. So the other day, though, I'm putting up my Christmas lights and I hate putting up Christmas lights. okay? because everybody wants me to do it. Right. Everybody's so excited about it. But within 15 minutes, they're all gone. And I'm set there for the last (laughs) next four hours. My Christmas lights were still on the house this year, like from last year. (laughs) I just like took them and wrapped them around something else and then set up. So my daughter hung with me this the whole time this year. Um, But uh, what was the point? The point was, oh, I was putting up the Christmas lights and I hear this annoying sound. I'm like, what the heck is this sound? It's the worst. It's like, bah, uh, uh. and I'm like, you know, trying to figure out what it is. I'm going over here. I'm going over there. Finally, I walk over to Darren's and hundred percent, right. Coming out of right out of his garage. Yeah. And I walk to the front door. It's coming out of the front door, you know, like within. So I called them right there. I have no idea what time. Yeah. Ireland time and no, no clue. Call <laughs> him. He answers though. What's up, Chad, mate. I'm like, uh, your fire alarm's going off. You know, do you have a key or whatever? Suppose, you know, I guess he doesn't trust me to give me a key. I don't know why, but he called someone two, two from Nashville labels. to come. Yeah, it's just, geez, you know. I, I wouldn't give you my keys. Well, yeah, you would. He, I have his garage code. I go into his house anytime I want. It's great. So when we move, I, you know, 
probably like a two three months after that. Now we used to, but and with my wife, she's uh, <laughs> she gets scared of a lot of things. So she goes, "There's somebody downstairs." Like, no, it's okay. It's just no, there's somebody. Like, is there somebody? I just I hit the refrigerator, so I knew right away. He said, "Yeah, I know there's somebody down there." It's probably chat. He said, how do you know? I was like, he's opening my refrigerator, checking for leftovers. You know? I was looking for that rice and beans you were talking about earlier. Now we know why Darren won't give you a key. Yeah, I can see that a little yeah. bit. Um, I did want to talk about one more thing. Um, one of the cool things, I think, with COVID and all of these other things that have happened this year, right? I mean, the last couple of years have caused, I think, all of us to to look at things a little differently, whether it's work or relationships or how we worship or how, you know, like, um, you know, whether we're going to church and, you know, you guys were one of the lucky states that was open, you know, we're one of the lucky states that was open, so it didn't last that long for us. Um, but uh, one of the things that it, it caused us to do is kind of look at other things that we can do, A, in the community, and B, um, with our ministry and the platform that we have. So one of the things that we were able to do was uh, start a, a concert series uh, called the At Home Concert Experience, which we've had Danny Goki, We Are Messengers for King and Country, Zach Williams, Big Daddy, Building 429, Christine DeClario. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We've had so many people. And uh, so it's been super fun to see that grow and just bring these free shows into people's homes, right? Well, the reason, one of the reasons that we did it was because of this ministry that, that, we, work, that we work with as well called Soldiers for Faith, which does call-in Bible studies. So all you have to do is pick up the phone. It's not a Zoom. You don't have to be dressed or anything. Um, you just call in and sign up for a Bible study, call in. I, I teach one on Wednesday. I'm on one on Thursday. And I would say that probably one of the biggest things that's come out of the um, this whole kind of shift in the way that, that um, we've been able to do life uh, has been the studying of God's Word. Because I know for me, like to sit down and read it, is one thing and right you're just you're kind of plugging away you're trying to stay consistent getting in God's word but there's something that comes when you are studying the word and these are kind of like virtual small groups and so we just opened up one of these studies to my uh, to our fans and so we've got 20 people every week that are on and we're studying through the Psalms or the book of James and so I it, it just been such a, a big thing and an answer to prayer because we're out there casting seeds for the last 18 years yeah. and being a part of, of this ministry um, has helped us um, with the discipleship part of it you know right. which is just um, the total opposite ends of things. And so everywhere I go, I just try to mention it because it's been such a blessing to, to us and to the, to our fans yeah. uh, to be a part of a group of people that study the word. Again, it's part of that community. Yeah. And maybe some of these people out there aren't going to church or are not back yet or don't have a Bible study. And, and it's just so non-threatening, but so powerful. It's changed my life. It really has. It's really given me legs going forward in the ministry, but also in my own 
there a link? Spiritual walk. Yeah, they can just go to Soldiers for Faith, soldiersforfaith.com, and it's just a website. Listen, they don't. we, we don't want anything from you. We just want the studies for you. Yeah. We just want the community. And, and so I, we get nothing out of it. There ain't nothing there. It's just been that powerful for us. Yeah. And so every time we have an interview and every time we go out and tell people at the shows and everything, listen, sign up for a Bible study. It'll, it'll change your life. It'll, do you know that like when Jesus talks about, I am the light of the world, like the context of that is during the festival of lights and he's in the, the temple courts and there's these huge, there's like 10 huge fires, you know, bowls of fire up uh, up above and here they're at the festival of lights they're standing in the midst of like this light that you'd be able to see from miles and miles away these fires burning and then jesus says i'm the light of the world like yeah. that's the context he says it in it's like so it's just really neat to study and learn but it also just kind of gives us you know the word of god i guess it just reminded me that when i was younger mm-hmm. i was super into the bible then i got busy working God and I forgot about the Bible and I, I forgot and and I was just reminded that I need that that's my spiritual food this is what gives me strength to get through the things that are coming my way so I just wanted to throw it out there just because it was a great it's been a great resource for us and we wanted to throw it out to them perfect that's great we can probably put a link up too yeah. I don't know how that world yeah. works but they do there's literally no <laughs> donating I mean there's nothing yeah. there it's just that's great. Just studies. And even on a personal side. Yeah. It's sick. Um, it's super cool. Yeah, that's great. Ariel, it is great to see you up on your thanks. feet. And and, and uh, Chad, great to see you as well. Ah, thanks. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, whatever. You got to be almost done. You know, I'm really <laughs> sick of you stealing my spotlight. <laughs> I'm the singer here. <laughs> that's great. I'll end on that note. <laughs> Always love hanging with those boys just when you get the New England and the Florida. It's just this beautiful, beautiful mix. And I love the fact that they just say what they think. They're, they're real. Love them. Looking forward to new music coming uh, in September from Unspoken. All right, now that's a wrap on this season two of the JR Show podcast. We're going to spin our wheels throughout the summer, come up with a good game plan for kind of a September through Christmas run of great chats to put up on the podcast We do appreciate you sharing this podcast with people. And if you hit subscribe, when the next episode comes out, you'll be alerted. You can follow along on Instagram. We love that five-star review. And don't forget to hit subscribe. So until the next episode, thank you for listening. Peace.